Hello and welcome to episode 6, that's episode VI of the Weekend Recap Summer Series. Matt Wilding here, joined alongside my co-host, Luke Owens. As we get into the main story, the Brooklyn Nets win big, signing Kevin Your Durant to a four-year deal, signing Kyrie Irving to a four-year deal, and somehow in the mix as well, which is the biggest upset of the century, is that DeAndre Jordan's lumped into this trio. Somehow he's lumped in as well. He gets four years, $40 million. And the report I had seen is that he actually took less, or the uh, KD and Kyrie took less so that they could get DeAndre Jordan his $10 million a year. So that That's interesting as well. Yeah, they took care of the boy. Yeah, from the Nets standpoint, I mean, this is, this is everything. You land Kevin Durant. You land Kyrie Irving. You get another nice piece in DeAndre Jordan. It's going to be a year before we really know what this team can do because I think there's a lot of issues that could take place. I mean, if you if you can take any two personalities and mix them together and have the worst possible outcome, I think it's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And we're talking about two of the most thin-skinned players in the NBA joining forces in Brooklyn. So that's going to be a, a soap opera in and of itself. But I guess if you if you think about it, opposites oftentimes attract. So maybe KD and Kyrie will be great together. They clearly wanted to play together, I think, which is huge. And obviously the big blow comes to Knicks fans because you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving going across town to play for what I think is ridiculously called the little brother to the New York Knicks. But in my opinion, I'd rather be little brother. No, this isn't joking? little brother, big brother. This, no, is, no, this, this isn't. isn't even little brother, big brother. This is big brother, awful stepchild that everyone hates. Awful stepchild that wins more than the big brother, though. Yeah, That's why I don't understand the dynamic. I'm no, a no, no, fan no. They're so irrelevant. There's 12 of us. I'm not saying they're relevant. I'm by no means that I say they're relevant. What I'm saying is the Knicks have a bigger fan base. Yes, they've uh, more attractive facilities. Yes, eh. but the Nets aren't the little brother. They've won more than the Knicks since 2000. So I don't understand mm. little brother, big brother. To me, the big brother wins. The little brother is the loser. Okay. The so, Nets are the winner in New York so City. So the Mets. So the best so run franchise in, in New If in 20 years, let's say, you know, there's a five-year span. So in the next 20 years, they're about even Mets-Yankees. And then there's a five-year span where the Mets win the World Series three times. The Yankees are in the, are in the basement. Are you saying that the Mets are now the, the older brother, the big brother? Why, but the Yankees and the Knicks aren't comparable. The Yankees have won 27 championships. The Knicks haven't won since the 1970s. The Nets, do the Nets have a championship? They're not comparable. No, but they've made the, they've made the finals uh, since 2000, which the Knicks had. Oh, give me a break. If the Nets win they're, the one Nets or The Nets can't sell their own arena. But they're going to sell out now. And there's clearly something going on in Brooklyn that wasn't going on in Manhattan that attracted the, uh, Katie and Kyrie to go to the no, Nets. No, that's, that's fair. But saying that, I don't know. The Knicks are 100% big brother. The Knicks are more marketable. The Knicks are a bigger franchise. The Knicks are a better named franchise. So like by the definition, Knicks are they're the big brother. York, they're they're bigger, not the they're big well brother. Well, I've, I don't think that's – see, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the big brother beats the little brother. That's what my comparison what? is. No. I'd rather be the little brother that wins all the time. That's just me. I like winning. Well, that's why you're a Bills fan, right? <laughs> so wait a second. So give me a second here, um, because I'm trying to pull up the comparison. So there's, so you could say that Nick Jonas is the big brother, right? Or Joe Jonas, one of the two. I don't know. This is gonna be bad because I don't. Is this not? A not a big. Brother. So like, there's that fourth random brother, right? The one that's not in the. Yeah, big. he could be a billionaire for all we know. He's still the little brother. No one still, no one cares about him. No offense to the fourth guy. Everyone cares about the big three. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, it's true. We talk about the Mannings. You know, Cooper Manning kind of gets swept yeah, under the rug. He could be perfectly successful. He could be the best car salesman or whatever he does. And he's still a little brother. Eli Manning's trash right now. And he's still bigger than Cooper. But you're literally talking about, like, actual <laughs> families. <laughs> it's a dumb argument. I know what you're saying, and you know what I'm but saying. Now, so speaking of the Nets, you look at this, and they're arguably immediate contenders in the East. You know, right now, Vegas has them the fourth best odds to win the Eastern Conference. And I think that gets magnified and pushed up if Kawhi leaves Toronto, which I think happens. I think he goes to the Clippers. I think that's where he wants to be since day one. And with that, the Raptors have really nothing. You have one all-star on that team if you lose Ka uh, Kawhi. Kawhi's going to the Lakers, I will I will tell you that. Man. But I, I'll guarantee it right now. Kawhi Leonard's going to the Lakers. $10. All right. So... Uh, <laughs> He's not going to the Clippers. He's not going to the Clippers by himself. There's no He's way. There's no way. I don't. Okay, so the Nets will be a contender in the East next year, two years from now. Excuse me, when they have Kevin Durant with just Kyrie Irving, I don't think they contend in the East this year. Will they be a top four, top five team? Sure. Are they legit contenders to win the East? No. I like the Bucks better. I like the 76ers better. I like the Pacers actually a little bit better with the amount of depth that they have. I mean, the Nets had a great year last year. And, you know, they ended up uh, fighting with the Sixers for a couple of games there. But just adding Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan, I don't know if they're necessarily title contenders this year. I, I don't know. But the beautiful thing now is NBA as a whole is just so wide open. Until Kawhi Leonard signs with the Lakers, we can hope and dream that any team really uh, in the top 10 can, can win a championship. And I think that's the biggest thing here is that Kevin Durant, yes, when he went to the Warriors, he completely shifted the NBA. He gave, made the Warriors a super team guaranteed them championships but now that he's gone it's like all the balance is restored so he's basically thanos is what i'm saying so he's basically okay and you as a big spoiler guy know the ending to that film i as a exactly. same person don't and thanos and stuff. you're looking at this this team and for the nets aside from those two pieces what really lured them in is they have a really nice group of depth players you've got a i think you have four guards that could all be starters on a, a decent team Aside from Kyrie, you have Chris Levert, you have Spencer Didwitty, and Joe Harris. Those The last three guys are all no slouch. They're all really good talents. Yeah, I especially love Levert, obviously, and Dinwiddie had a great year. Uh, Joe Harris, obviously, is, is more of you know a role guy, can knock down threes. Um, but, you know, it's going to be a, a matter of can Kyrie Irving mesh with these young guys? Can he take them under his wing where he failed to do that in Boston with guys like Jason Tatum, guys like Jalen Brown? Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, where he really blew up Boston and left everyone hating him. So now he returns to what he what he's saying is, I'm happy to be home, my hometown team, even though you know he grew up with the New Jersey Nets. So we'll see if his attitude changes. Kyrie's just one of those wild cards, man. I mean, a couple years ago he said, I'm going to retire in my early 30s. You know, I'm just going to live somewhere remote in Texas. Like he's very just he's odd. Ball, so you yeah. just can't you really can't get a read on him or Kevin Durant, and maybe that's what's going to make them successful well, as together. Charlie Day once told us. Every team, every good, successful unit needs a wild card. That's true. But he's like a major wild card. No, but card. I think the difference is is that you look at the infrastructure that the Celtics have in comparison to the Nets, and the coaching staff in Boston was trying to change the system to complement Kyrie Irving. Whereas with the Nets, you have a you have a coaching staff in Kenny Atkinson that's not going to do something like that. He's not going to treat you like a prince or like a god. He's going to say, this is what you need to do. This is how we're going to win. And I think when you have Kevin Durant sitting there on the bench, he's a guy that loves basketball. He's going to be there for this team while he's recovering. You know, he's going to say, look, Kyrie, 
this is what you need to do. Yes, you're not the star right now. Yes, this is maybe you're the best player on this team, but this is a team atmosphere. We got to win together. Look what I did in Golden State. I put I put my le personal legacy on the back burner so that we could have a dynasty. Now let's go do this here in Brooklyn. I think that that's something that the Nets have that cachet in the league, knowing their ownership, or not really the ownership, but knowing their management, knowing their coaching staff, that they can make Kyrie take a back seat. And he doesn't even to do that this year because he's still the best player on the team when KD is down. But when he comes back, I think KD is going to say, look, take a back seat. You could still be the, the ball-dominant guy. You can look at me for open shots, open looks, give me 20, 30 shots, whatever he needs. And I still think that this works out to be a really good team. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for, for either of these team meetings with the Nets or the Knicks because I really think that's what it boiled down to. I think Kevin Durant wanted to leave Golden State, and I think that him and Kyrie wanted to play together. But I'm wondering, is it the Nets made a great pitch to them or the Knicks failed to make a good pitch to them? Because to me, if I'm in the Knicks front office, my biggest selling point is, okay, both of you guys have won before. I mean, Kyrie Irving won with LeBron as, as his, uh, you know, Batman. Kyrie was more of the Robin, that he got to be the Batman in, in Boston, and they didn't win. Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. He was the best player on that team, won two championships. They both won before. But if I'm selling championships to them, I'm saying, if you win a championship with the Knicks, you're, you are immortal. You are immortal. You are a god to us. If you win a championship with the Nets, it just does not mean as much, and it, it never will. And obviously, I'm one of the first guys to bash the Knicks as a franchise, but Winning a championship in Brooklyn is not going to mean anything compared to winning a championship with the Knicks. It's just not. I mean, people aren't going to hop from the Knicks to the Nets. The Nets might pull in some casual Nets fans like you wearing your Brooklyn Nets oh, hat here Nets fans on the Facebook Live. On the Facebook Live. But I don't know. It just, to me, the Knicks had an easy pitch to make here. And I just want to know if they blew it or if the Nets just made the better pitch. I think the biggest issue with the whole situation was Kevin Durant's injury. Because you look at KD and you say, maybe he wants to go to the Knicks. Maybe he could have went to them alone and managed to do something. But you get hurt and you say, look, I don't really know. Can he? Be? Maybe he doesn't think he can be the best player in basketball again. Maybe he thinks he's more suited in a number two role. And why would you go to the Knicks where there's heightened pressure, where you don't have Kyrie because he was already set on going to the Nets. Why not go to the Nets with Kyrie? You get kind of a back, sit on the back burner for a year. The team's already good. You know, if you're only at 60 or 7% of what you were, this could still be a championship team. So I think maybe that's the issue. But for the Knicks, I really thought that they, that they were both going to the Knicks, at least for Kevin Durant. You look at the Garden, one of his buddies is the assistant coach there with uh, the Knicks. And it just felt like that was the momentum pushing us to that. And I don't really understand how you how the Knicks lose him. I, I I it blows my mind that they lost him. I don't understand why the Knicks didn't offer Kevin Durant a supermax. I or a max. I, I don't understand. Did. I think those reports were James Dolan coming like kind of saving his butt, saying, Look, we didn't want him that bad. You know, we didn't trust his injuries. I think they were leaking that to the media. But then on the other hand, you saw what Scott Perry told Alan Hahn back in April. So this is before the injury to Kevin Durant, before the whole 95% from Stephen A. Smith, before all of this. Back in April, Scott Perry told Stephen A., uh, told Alan Hahn, excuse me, that plan A was always to develop our team organically through the draft and develop our players. As we look to free agency, uh, the one thing I think we'll try to do is bring in, our, bring in players here if they look to buy into, the system, into what we're trying to do and how we're trying to develop our team. Now, that's so, one thing okay. that's being said. Completely different from what James Stolen said on the Michael K show when he said, we think we can bring in one, at least one guy. So I don't really know. That's what, what I'm saying. There's a huge disconnect in this team 
where maybe Scott Perry's saying this because he can't say plan A is we're going to get the best free agents possible. Because if you strike out, then you're a failure. You failed on your plan right. A. So maybe he's covering his butt. Maybe James Dolan is trying to spark some, not controversy, but spark some momentum in his team. I don't know, but there's a whole, there's a lot of crossing arguments that don't really make any sense. Yeah, and that's kind of the situation we saw with the Jets, just the disconnect between ownership to GM, GM to coach. And the Knicks, I don't know. I thought we were talking about, you know, Scott Perry's going to be great for the Knicks. David Fisdale, I think, was the right hire because he can kind of mesh with the young guys. It's all well and good to build to build the foundation. I think that's fine. I think the Knicks have a great young core. But to not offer Kevin Durant a max, if that's the case, I think is ridiculous. And I think Knicks fans have a right to be upset about that because, yes, Kevin Durant got injured. And, yes, Achilles injuries are, are – not easy to get back from. But Kevin Durant is a hooper. He loves basketball. Yes, he's going to be 32 years old by the time he gets back. But he's not an explosive guy. You know, this isn't something that... I mean, we saw Dominique Wilkins carry his Achilles, make the All-Star game the next year, even though he's an explosive player. Kevin Durant doesn't need to get to the basket to be effective. We even saw him against the Raptors, where he played in that game six, and he was just knocking down threes. Didn't really have to have that that quick step. And I don't know. I, I think you have to take that risk. I mean, you said, Matt... Cap space is just air until you spend it. And the Knicks didn't even try to spend it. And now they're filling it with guys that are nothing even close to them. And I'm not saying that they're not making the right moves now, but they clearly didn't make the right moves then. Because it seemed like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, at least Kevin Durant, was sold basically on going to the Knicks. And I don't know what happened within the three weeks that made him go to the Nets, but it should not be hard to sell the Knicks. It really should not be as hard as the Knicks have made it out to be for the last 20 years. I could sit down a free agent, I think, and convince them to come to the Knicks before the actual Knicks front office could. Because not even selling the Garden, I mean, you get to play in New York City, and yes, the media is a little bit crazy sometimes, but the fans are always going to be out there for you. And instead, you go to to Brooklyn, the, the place, as you said, worse in, in the league in attendance last year, even though they made the playoffs. I mean... I just think the Knicks, the Knicks front office screwed this one up once again. See, I, I don't think it's on the Knicks front office. I really don't. What more could they have done? What more? You, you, you show him what you are building here. You say it's New York. You say it's the Mecca, which I don't think plays much clout, but the Garden is a beautiful arena. I'll give him that. It's the Knicks. It's a historic franchise, whether you like it or not. Allegedly. Uh, they, they are historic. There's no doubt in it. Historically bad, Allegedly. yes. But they are up there. When you think of basketball, what are the first three or four teams you think of? When you think of all-time basketball. Celtics, Bulls. Celtics, Bulls, Lakers, Knicks. I think those are the big four. You know, just like you say that there's the the original six in the NHL, there's a marquee historic group of basketball teams, and the Knicks are a part of that. It's New York. So why why, why is it so hard for them to land anyone? Why why has it become so difficult to get anyone to go there? If there's such a historic franchise, then how come a player wouldn't say – I want to be the face of this historic franchise. I think that – see, I just don't think that there are certain players that like that. I don't think – I think you'll get Kyrie Irving. You said he's a weird guy. He wants to play with Brooklyn. That's the team he had growing up. For Kevin Durant, he's just a weird dude that was flipping back and forth. There's not much more you can do if you're ownership or management when you offer the guy the max deal. When you say, look, this is what we can bring you. You're a god here. You're immortalized. Your, your legacy cemented as one of the best players in the world in the history of basketball if you win in New York. And the fact that they couldn't get Kevin Durant is a shame and it's upsetting because I would have loved to see what they could build here. But at the same time, there's no fault really to blame. It just happened. And I think the issue is that people were hyping up Kevin Durant for so long on social media. You know, you had guys like Stephen A. Smith who was saying it's 95% when he doesn't know anything. He's hearing it from a guy that says right now it's 95%, which really means nothing. 
Because there's still 5% there, and that 5% can explode into 59 or 70 or 100 like it did. Yeah, but I... I just don't know how the Knicks can strike out. They, I mean, spent twenty. They can't. They haven't convinced anyone of value to come to the Knicks since I can't even remember the last good free agent they signed. I really can't. And this is the biggest free agency class that you're going to have for the next couple of years. And now I have Knicks fans talking about how Giannis is going to be a free agent oh, in two get years. Out like, with me. It's just nonsense. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It hasn't happened for twenty years, and now this year you thought it was going to change, and then it didn't change, and now they're trying to rationalize into twenty twenty one. I just. It blows my mind that people can be this delusional. It's delusional. Expecting the same thing to happen or uh, expecting something to change when the same thing keeps happening is delusional. Insanity. By definition, insanity, delusional, same thing. I'm a thesaurus. I don't know. It just, it, it just, I don't understand how the Knicks strike out time and time again. If they're this franchise, if they play in this city, it shouldn't be that hard. It's clear. It's clear. Guys don't need to go to New York to make money anymore. That's true. But it's still an opportunity that the Knicks have had. And I don't think they can even throw themselves in with the likes of the Lakers and the Celtics. Even the Lakers, who had an off year, made the push to get Anthony Davis. The Knicks said, you know, we're not going to push for AD. We're going to sit pat. We're going to try to keep with our system, trust the process, kind of like the Sixers did. But I think there's just comes a point where I like the young core, but you need something there to excite the fans. And R.J. Barrett just doesn't move the needle for me like a guy like Kevin Durant does at all. But I don't think what you're saying I don't think matters anymore. I think when you say, look, free, what team ever built through free agency? What good team in a salary cap league can ever build a team that's sustainably good through free agency? You can't do it. So, yes, it would have been great. It would have been an awesome quick fix to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie. And maybe you go out and you win a championship. But if you want a good team and you want to build the right way, you have to build through the draft. And for the last 10 years, the Knicks haven't been able to do that. They've struck out with their draft picks time and time again, drafting Frank Nielakino over Donovan Mitchell. Drafting Porzingis is a great draft, but then you trade him because he doesn't want to be there anymore because you can't supplement him through the draft. The real way to build the team is through the draft, and then you add veteran guys in free agency. That's the only way to build a successful team. And right now, they're just starting from scratch. You know, this would have been a quick fist, fix excuse me, that puts you maybe five years ahead, but now you just need two or three years of de developing your players the right way, like the Nets did, and you're right there in position to sign quality free agents, Tobias Harris types, that second-tier free agent paying them second-tier money because they want to play for you, the DeAndre Jordan type, and you're winning a championship that way. And you could win a lot more championships through that than the quick fix that Kevin Durant would have provided. Disagree. I'm mean, looking. Kevin Durant he went to the Warriors for two, for three years. Because they and won were two a built-in championship team. You can't, you can't but tell me that they weren't Kevin, built. But Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are a built-in championship team, right yeah, there. And Kevin Durant was going right into there. a built-in dynasty with Golden State. How did Golden State Even lure Kevin Durant away from from Oklahoma City? Because they had Steph, they had Clay, they had Draymond. They had a built-in dynasty already. A team that won seventy games. But the Knicks, then the Knicks shouldn't act like they were going to spend their two max contracts. They shouldn't have freed two max slots if this was what was going to happen. It just shouldn't have happened. So they shouldn't be if this was the money, they shouldn't have traded away a player that didn't want to be there in Porzingis. Money for what? Money for what? And you're telling me they couldn't even try to convince Porzingis? Porzingis came in and said, hey, I don't like what's going well, on so here. They traded him right Porzingis. away. Maybe they you don't want him. They didn't trade him right away. They didn't try. They didn't even try. Maybe you don't want him anymore. Maybe he's a bad guy right. in the locker room. Because I think he's awful. I think he's awful Bad. for a locker room. He plays 60% of the games coming off a knee injury, a drastic knee injury, and he and he goes around, and we obviously didn't get the full report, but he was seen in Latvia getting beaten, getting into a fight. And I'm sure that 
You look at a guy like Big Poppy, beloved in the Dominican Republic, I'm sure KP should be loved not to that level because Ortiz is larger than life, but to that extent, he should be loved and revered in his hometown where there's not a lot of basketball players. Not getting beaten up, not getting into fights. Maybe he's a bad guy. You know, he hasn't seemed like a great guy the way that he treats the Knicks. And yes, they're a bad team. But you're going to tell me that you'd rather have Porzingis, who doesn't want to be here, and who's missed 40% of the games, over a guy like Dennis Smith Jr., over two first-round picks that you're getting from the Mavericks? I mean, are we really expecting the Knicks rebuild to, to work out the way they want it to work out? They had they had Carmelo Anthony, a superstar, traded to them, never right, built then around fold him. the team. They had, then, then they're they never going to win. Just fold the team. Let's move on. Thank you. They had Porzingis. No, but I, I got to pose you this, Matt, because, you know, we love we love fan interaction. We got some today on, on Facebook Live. First of all, my friend Tommy Kane said, take that English jersey off, which is a good comment. And then Carl Neff said, do you guys think Kevin Durant would have wanted to sign Carl Neff, good friend of ours from WNYO? Station manager. Do you guys think station manager, so big shot. Do you guys think Durant would have wanted to sign with the Knicks if the Knicks had gotten Zion Williamson? I think so. I do. I think you look at a guy like the – I think you look at a team with Zion and that personality, I think he draws in Kevin Durant because you have another star. But at the same time, I think the injury is the thing that really changes everything. Because when you look at the injury, you say, this guy's only got three years now on this contract. And would the Knicks have been ready to win a championship with Zion and just Kevin Durant? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think it really matters. Especially that... when you have no point guard. Sorry to cut you off. I don't know. If I walked into a meeting and saw James Dolan, I'd dip right away. I, I just don't I don't see... The, just the way this franchise has gone for the last 20 years has been an embarrassment on the people of New York. It's been an embarrassment for the NBA as a whole to have such a historic franchise be this bad for so long. I mean, it just seemed like Kevin Durant, maybe Kyrie Irving, that's just, we just throw the Knicks a bone there, and they still managed to screw right. it up. And, then Carl, and they still managed Carl to screw it up. Carl also adds in asking, uh, or saying, it seems like the Nets gave up D'Lo for these two guys, kind of gave Durant and Kyrie more incentive to go there. Them kind of the Nets showing that we believe in you guys, we trust you guys, we want you here. We could build something better than we have, and that's a good point. Because I think if you're KD and you want to play with Kyrie, them giving up D'Lo and saying we're going to announce this young star that's cheaper than Kyrie, that I think is arguably better for a locker room than Kyrie, that speaks something to me. That speaks something that they want to give Kyrie a chance and that they want to make this work for these guys. And I think that's huge. Yeah, people forget D'Lo's not a great locker room guy either, but oh, come on. he was he was meshing with, with the Nets pretty well. I think he's fine. Well. He had one mistake. You've never made a mistake like that? Did you see the tweet that was like D'Angelo oh, Russell yeah. recording when Steph Curry rants about Aisha? Oh, I, thought, I thought you were talking about when he uh, someone tweeted, you know, D'Lo's just a bad guy for for uh, for people named Iggy. Iggy Azalea <laughs> and uh, Iguodala getting Andre traded. Iguodala, yeah. So that was awesome, but... Getting back to this, when you look at the Knicks, can they build a, Can they make a slow rebuild? Is this that team that can I actually mean, build, or is their fan base and is this is the media in New York so high pressure that they're never going to, never gonna turn it around? Are they always me going well, for the big fish, making these rash rash decisions? Well, I mean, they didn't make the rash decision. So another question is, can New York media and can the Knicks actually rebuild? Because look at look at the Rangers, for example. They are supposed to be rebuilding. They still went out and signed the big fish today. And we I mean, we'll see how that pans out, but they're not gonna be good next year as people are are already proclaiming them. So are the Knicks gonna actually do this rebuild right, like you said, or are they gonna throw a max contract at someone that doesn't deserve it? I mean, 
if anyone deserves a max contract, it's Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and they didn't throw it at him. And Kawhi Leonard obviously isn't going to go there without either of those guys. So I don't know. If if the Knicks stay on this course, I think they can be good in like five years. But they're not going to be good next year. No. Like I have – I've had people tell me they're going to be the eight no, next year. And I'm – what are you, what are you saying no right now? Guard. A team does not go from 17 wins to 42. It's ridiculous. Your point guards is a slew of Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Nielakina, and who's the last guy they just added? Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton. Like, come on now. Come on. One thing that people were saying is that this is humiliating for the franchise, and I just don't agree with that. I really don't. You did everything you could, and you, you lost. I think it's a little bit humiliating. I really do. I think the Knicks have been the butt end of every joke, and I think deservedly so. I mean, the— the fans deserve better than what they've gotten from the Knicks. I, I, I think there's got to be a pitch in there. You could have made a Kevin Durant to make a come to the Knicks. I don't think this is just, a new regime's fault. This whole narrative of the Knicks being a dumpster fire, it's not the fault of David Fisdale. People loved him as a hire. You love Scott Perry and the other upper management. So you trust these guys. Th- this narrative that the Knicks are, are a dumpster fire shouldn't be here anymore. It's gonna be there though, but as it, long it as they, a different team as now. long as Knicks fans keep sticking their necks out on every social media account, and as long as they keep thinking that they've been relevant, even though they haven't been for twenty years, you're gonna get this narrative, and people are gonna be upset when they're bad, and people are gonna make fun of them when they're bad because they're not making these signings. I mean, think about every other team besides the 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 Nets whiffed on these on these two guys. No one's talking about the other franchises whiffing on them. No one's even making fun of the Warriors for letting Kevin Durant walk. Everyone's making fun of the Knicks. Because the Knicks put themselves in this position where they thought they were going to make these signings, where they cleared two max caps and said, oh, we're going to get Kevin Durant. We're going to get Kyrie Irving. And they ended up with nothing. And I think that is embarrassing. And I think that dumpster fire is a little bit of a stupid word, in my opinion, in terms of sports because it's just used so often. But it, it really applies to the Knicks. It's really sad. It's really sad. I don't think it's that anymore. I think it's such an unfair narrative that publications like the New York Post and New York Daily News and the fans put out there – is saying that look we don't we're better than this but you're not every team goes through a rebuild why weren't the why weren't teams the other teams like the Lakers going through this they were allowed to to ease up and and build an actual team and getting guys like Lonzo and up until LeBron they were rebuilding why are the Lakers not getting scrutinized why are the Nets not getting scrutinized in the same media market as the Knicks well, I mean, obviously, we just went through why the Nets are going to get scrutinized because they're not supposed to be the Knicks. But, the, but also, just but the Nets the made the trade for KG and all that. They should, when they gave all those picks, they should have been laughed at. And then when KG retired, they should have been laughed at even more. But they weren't because they're not held to that standard. And I think that if you're a franchise that's held to the standard that the Knicks are held at, you have to try to maintain somewhere near that standard. You can't act like a small market team in a big market. It doesn't work. We've seen it with the Mets. They play in New York City. They haven't used their assets. It's been a problem. The Knicks aren't using their assets here. They're not using the cap space. Rebuilding is fine, but if the fans expect more, I think there's going to be a lot of issues coming up. I really do. I really do. I will say, though, some of these additions were really nice for the Knicks. You add a guy like Julius Randle on a a four-year deal with a uh, fourth-year option for the team. Bobby Portis getting two years, $31 million, averaged almost 15 points a game with Washington. You know, Taj Gibson's a, Taj Gibson, excuse me, is a guy that can mentor the youth really well. And you, you know, we were talking about before the show, and all three of these guys are power forwards. But coming into this year, they didn't have a single one on the roster, and the team's confident that one or two of them can play center. So you have some of that. And I think that this team's kind of build making moves that remind me a lot like the Nets of a couple years ago. You're adding young, talented reclamation projects that have talent, just haven't been able to figure it out. And you hope that a guy like Fisdale can figure it out. 
between Dennis Smith Jr., between Alfred Frank, uh, Peyton, between Frank Nielakino. I mean, we were talking about the Knicks being potential championship contenders, and you throw Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, Reggie Bull. I think it's just not exciting to me. But, it's but really change not. the narrative then. They're not a championship contender. They're not going to change the narrative, though. They're, I mean, but you can't it's say just... that they, they – yes, they, yes, this was a big failure. They lost Kevin Durant, but they never had him. It was never guaranteed. I'm not saying I'm not saying the Knicks should be like, oh, it's over now. But I mean, Julius Randle's. I think Julius Randle is a great signing for them. I really do. Bobby Portis, whatever. Taj Gibson, you need a locker room guy. Um, but like, there's just nothing. Nothing makes me excited the about this. The only thing that's going to make me excited is seeing it's Kevin Durant, if the starting line. It's Kyrie Irving. It's those guys, work. but they're not getting them. So let the not saying rebuild that. happen. You're saying nothing excites then, you. What would excite you? Kevin yeah, Durant, okay, well, why? Would, some, yeah, would Jimmy Butler on a max deal excite you? I think if they whiff, that Knicks fans have a, a reason to be mad. And yes, they're going to take a step back and say, you know what, now it's you know now it's about the young guys. But then don't push the narrative at me for an entire year that you're going to sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving with on them and then change your mind two days ago. It was never two the days Knicks later. that said that. Aside from James Dolan, who's an idiot, we can all agree that, not the smartest guy. Narratives? Ownership doesn't make narratives. Fans and media make narrative. So why are you blaming the Knicks for this? That's why I'm sticking to the narrative. What? Why are, we yell- why are you upset with the Knicks calling it a colossal failure, saying that these signings aren't good enough when nothing was They're ever their fault? Enough. It's not. It is their fault. You had two max slots. You couldn't and get anyone. struck out. So what? Julius Randle. Julius Randle. He's a great piece. He's a young for piece. What? He could be an all-star. He could be the next D-Lo. Obviously, he's a power no. forward. No. What do you mean, no? 20 points a game doesn't play defense. That's what he is. He's not... He's not. He's nothing that's gonna move the needle. That's you had to move the needle this offseason. You didn't do okay, it. Okay, then that's, they failed. That's Would you rather them sign Jimmy Butler to a max contract? Would you rather have Tobias Harris or Chris Middleton? Oh, and I said Brock? I wouldn't rather have them do that. But I think you have to find a way to land these but you guys. Don't. So is it better to Matt overreact Fox, or just Julius move on? Randall? Julius Randle. Come on, come on. I think the issue that we were taking is that everyone thought that the Knicks were such a lock to make it that only that's the Knicks the could get in the way of themselves. But maybe extenuated circumstances happen. When the Islanders so lost the Knicks, John Tavares, maybe the Knicks should have came when the out Islanders lost that. Tavares, maybe. no one was saying, uh, no one was saying that a guy like, excuse me, a guy like Lou Lamoureux was a failure. No one was saying that. They were saying, okay, extenuating circumstances led Tavares to move on. So that's the issue. I mean, also you're going off the assumption that the Knicks um, offered Kevin Durant a max contract, which was not the report I think that came out. Did. I think those reports were covered but by the Knicks. I genuinely why? Why? Because they've been in they them for that? so long. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. But why do I have ESPN tweeting in like March? This could be the Knicks' reality next year with Zion Williamson, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and every single week it seemed another player was checked off of that list, and it turned into Julius Randle and Alfred Payton. Did you see my tweet about it's that just, though? It what? was. Do you see my tweet? It was the Zion, yeah, KD, and Kyrie, and then you swipe right, and it was an upgrade, and then swipe again, and it was Taj Gibson and uh, Julius Randle. I just think there's so many teams in the NBA that made meaningful off-season moves. Not even the guys that didn't get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and the Knicks just didn't. And that's fine if you want to rebuild, but be more blatant about that to your fan base. I think they are though. Look at look at what Scott Perry's been saying. It's always been about building your team and building these picks. And creating a team from the ground up and rebuilding. They never once said we want the quick fix. They never said we think that we can win a championship in the next three years. They never said that. They never said like Brody Van Wagenen saying we're the team to beat. The Knicks never said that. 
for the Knicks have to be in win now mode. It's just been too long. But then you make the long. same mistakes you've been making for they 25 up years. They like six times before. They screw this up every single time. They've screwed How? up every single time. How do they time. screw up the rebuild? By trading for their entire team for Carmelo Anthony. Johnson. By Johnson. signing a guy like Amari Stoudemire, who's a little bit older, to a max deal that didn't deserve it. All these things that they failed with weren't through re real rebuild. All right, so I guess, you know, we press reset and we see where the Knicks are in five years. No, I think it's three years. I think within three years, they'll be in the playoffs. R.J. Barrett's going to grow into a very talented piece. I think Dennis Smith Jr. is a quality either starting point guard or backup point guard. And I think that you build this team from the ground up like the Nets did. Five years ago, the Nets had what? KG and all those pieces? Or they were coming off of that and they had nothing? Without draft picks, they were able to build a better team. You're going to tell me that with draft picks, the Knicks couldn't do what the Nets did? Yeah, we'll see if they do it right. We'll really see if they do it right, because they haven't done anything right, right and in so, so damn before long. Before we move on, our good friend Mike Gross was uh, commenting on the feed as well. My D-Lo comparison to Julius Randle is saying, like, the Reclamation Project. Not that they're anywhere near the same player, because they're not. Yeah. I'm sick. I'm sick of the Knicks. I don't want to talk about them anymore. Well, good thing you don't have The Knicks to. are kicked off our show for two weeks. Oh, my lights went Can out. Can you stop with these lights? I'm really getting sick of them. Shooting lights out. Can you... We're moving on. Why don't you I'm just done with them. Do, oh my god. I'm not talking about them anymore. I'm not talking Why about them. Why can't you just do the podcast? If I see one more expanse predict a free agent going to them, I swear I'm gonna throw something. I'm done. Why? I'm done with them. See, see my real I'm issue so here dumb. is that why can't you just podcast from a room where you have actual lights? Because <laughs> this is the night because okay, my mic atta attaches to the desk. This is where the desk move is. The, move it off the desk. So moving on to the Yankees really quick. We went a little bit over time with the free agency piece, but I, I had a feeling we would. Oh man. I'm just I'm I'm just tired out of, of the Knicks, man. Tired out. I can't talk about them anymore. I can't be in a New York based market anymore because I just can't deal with them anymore. So the Yankees are fifty four and twenty eight. Wanna talk about an actual big brother. Seven games up on Tampa Bay, eleven up on Boston. Seemingly can't lose. They swept the two games in London versus That was a horrible time Boston. to add an accent. No, no, it wasn't an accent. It was a friend's quote where, uh, where Joey's like, in London. No, I'm not, I'm not about friends either. Okay, well, you're just a fraud on so many yeah, levels. That, you you so, saw my the office tweet that I never tweeted out because I was probably going to get like, attacked yeah. online. Yeah, I was going to attack you. You're just – you're such a – I don't know. You're so cynical – and then when it comes to the Knicks, you're all optimistic. No, I'm not it just optimistic. I just think that when you look sense. at the Knicks, you have to let them rebuild slow because every time they don't, the reason they're so bad is because they try to do the quick fix. It's same with the Mets. All right. All right. Anyways, 50 runs in two games. They really gave London a show, and I think they're trying to model after cricket, obviously, taking a long time. First hour – our first inning of the first game was an hour long, five-hour long total game. I mean – what do you think, man? I think all these runs are good for, for the international fans to be like, oh, baseball's kind of fun, or is it baseball's kind of slow? This, but it's a fraud example of what baseball is. Because yeah. it looked a lot like softball to me. You know, but so offense with, is still with softball, you have time. a lot more hits. You have a shorter distance to the base path, base path, so it's a faster game. And using the Astro, the fake turf, I think it was the first baseball game ever played on uh, fake turf in the MLB, or one of the first, is that the, the game was so much faster. The ball flew out of the infield, and that's why you saw so many hits. And I think that it was I mean, kind of – you look at a game at Yankee Stadium. There's a lot of teams that have turf. I mean, that, that turf was different than the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that regard, yeah. 
it was a it was fun. It was great. I was intrigued. I'm not usually a huge guy that's gonna sit there and watch an entire game of baseball. I was very excited by it, but yeah. it's not great for baseball when you have your starting pitchers not even going a full inning. Yeah, and there was a lot of actually things coming out there. People were saying the mound was lower than it is in America. That might have been an issue for the pitchers. Yeah, they're using the metric um, system. Exactly. Um, I think you know. I think this is a cool idea. It's just kind of weird to me. Like in the middle of the season, you have to take essentially three days off to fly over to London to play the biggest rivalry series in baseball in London. Take away two home games from the Red Sox. I think it's a cool idea. I thought it turned out cool, and it was fun to kind of be like a break. Because, I mean, baseball is a grind, obviously. It's not for everyone. Obviously, it is for me. But, you know, the casual fan, I think, would tune into this, right? I mean, they'd be like, hey, this is cool. This is London. It's different, right? I mean, I think it's good for the casual fan. Yeah, but for a purist, for a purist like myself, like, it was cool, but it's nothing like. Like, I would have been watching both games regardless. Yeah, it was fun. I don't really know why you're, you're selling your biggest rivalry in, in the sport. You know, you could have sent the... Mariners and the I mean the Mariners and the A's played Tokyo I mean, earlier this year. You could have sent the Mariners and the Blue Jays over there and London would have eaten it up. You know, you look at the NFL model, they're sending Jacksonville every year. No one cares about yeah. Jacksonville. No one's dying to They care about London now. You know? <laughs> yeah, so you exactly. Send I think those it... lesser tier teams and try to build them an audience overseas or something cuz anyone's going to go to the game regardless cuz it's so rare. Yeah, I agree. I think it was cool. Injury update, Giancarlo Stanton is hurt once again. It's a knee contusion. A He's out till August. Or a P- PCL injury? I think it was... It was a PCL straight. Unless they oh, updated okay. it. I thought it was a knee contusion, but yeah, they probably... All right. My point uh, with uh, Stanton, though, is I think he's too big. I think he's got oh, yeah, too PCL much muscle that his ligaments and his, you know, and those... Shut Please shut up. What? This is a valid point. Oh, yo, you're being, I thought you were I'm being dead serious. People. I'm not joking. He's oh too big. He's got too much muscle, and his ligaments aren't strong enough to support them. So when he makes that a makes slide... No I don't think that's scientifically true. It might be. I I took some athletic training classes in high school. I really don't think I that's think true. I think it makes sense, though. It's like how that, that's like the old Achilles thing. broke because his calf was strained. It's like the same thing. Yo, back in the day, uh, George Brett never lifted a weight, and he was great. I'm so not saying that he's. You know, I'm saying that his his ligaments aren't strong enough. He should have been working out his ligaments as well as as muscles. So did Stan miss leg day? Is that what we're going with? No, he's huge. But the point is that Might his ligaments, the things that connect the muscle to the bone, aren't working right. You got to strengthen. Right, I'm not them. buying. Uh, other injuries, Luke Voigt hurt his leg, should be back for the Mets series. Maybe he's also too jacked. Uh, Luis Severino felt tightness in his shoulder, shut down once again, which is really bad news for the Yankees because this pitching staff has struggled. Uh, he was supposed to be back after the All-Star break sometime in July. Now, honestly, I couldn't tell you if he's going to be back till at least August, maybe maybe further. I mean, shoulder tightness, never good. His, yeah, his, it's just been he can't throw. Neither can I. That's true. But, yeah, I think this is a really big issue for the Yankees' rotation. I mean, it's kind of been overshadowed, but the pitching got rocked in yeah. London. It got absolutely rocked. I don't think you rocked. can count the London stats as a real thing. Right. I mean, you're, you're telling me that center field's going to be 385? Come on. I still think it's going to be an issue going I forward, though. I think it's an though, issue, so but I don't we'll think see. that this series was the was you saying, oh, my God, like, their pitching's awful. Like, this isn't a series yeah. you react to. To me, though, this series was – Oh my goodness, the Yankees need another relief pitcher. I think that yeah. that was made true. Just some of the names they're throwing out. Like, I mean, Tarpley had to start a game a lot of Cortez Jr., though, pretty elite. Cortez Jr. has been good. Um, 
Luis Sessa should not be on the Yankees anymore. I mean, there's just so many names where it's like, come on. Um, but last point I want to make about the Yankees, DJ LeMayhew is just unreal. I mean, he's slashing 345, 392, 534, 12 home 61 RBIs. He leads the AL in batting average, batting average, runners, scoring position, hits. Named the AL player of the week. In London, went 7 for 12 with 7 RBIs. He's the best signing in baseball this season. I will I will argue that till till the cows come home. He's been the best signing in baseball. Good. I forgot who tweeted this or who wrote this. and they, Someone said that the Yankees should sign him to an extension. And <laughs> I don't know who uh, wrote it, so I apologize if, if they're listening. But that just doesn't make sense to me. He's a good well, player. They, he's a great player. Has years. But he's got another year after this one. And you're not signing a guy that's the best he's been in his career. You're not doing that move. That's right. just poor that's just poor economics about it. Yeah, and another comment we got from Mike Gross, why not make Stanton trade bait for a better pitcher? I I mean no one's taking on that's that contract. contract. The, the Yankees yeah. could eat yeah. half of that contract and they already aren't paying like all that much of it. I think the Marlins ate some of it as well. And you're still not making yeah. You're still not. And you don't move. I mean, let's be real. Stanton played for most of the season last year, and he contributed. Obviously, he didn't hit with runners in scoring position, which is what made people mad. But let's not pretend Aaron Judge hasn't been been hampered by injuries too. So, I mean, I think Stanton just gets piled on because he's not the homegrown you know guy. Who wasn't, but you know who was never battling injuries like this? Babe who? Ruth, and he was eating Babe twenty Ruth, hot dogs true. in the in the uh, chugging beers. In the, in, not in the absolute pen. unit. Absolute unit. What a guy. Uh, Although Adam Adovino could strike him out, so. That's true. I mean, he could. That's just true. That's just how it works. But uh, moving on. We're going to move on to Odd Man right now. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Actually, wait, wait, wait. wait. Give me a second. Can you sing the intro? All right, I'm ready. (laughs) That was awful. That was my Kawhi laugh. That was really bad. First up, talking soccer. We kind of talked soccer in the beginning. Uh, U.S. women's national teams make the semifinals. Oh, They're facing England yeah, tomorrow England. three. Yeah. And I, Matt, you're such a fraud. Well, I'm not a fraud. Me. You were born in America. I'm English. I'm, I'm not born that. I have that. an English I'm passport. But I think you're, it's just – I don't think you really care. I think you're just being that guy. No, I love England. I root for them in the men's World Cup too. Who's your favorite player on the English women's team? Crawford. And I guarantee, I guarantee you could name a player on the women's, on the U.S. women's team. I live in America. Exactly. Thank you for, thank you for proving my why point. Why can't I root for, why can't I root for the underdog? Root for, root for whoever you want, Matt. You're still a fraud. Why am I a fraud? I have a France jersey. I didn't wear it the other day. What? I have a Pog jersey. I had a France jersey. French? I root for them in Are you realistically oh, French? Yeah, I am a little bit French. A little bit. I'm half English. A little French, a little German, I could live in Polish. England and not have to take a test for citizenship. You know why? Because I'm a real Englishman. That's right. Okay, yeah. You are half an Englishman. Half an Englishman, half a, a Jewishman. No, so I will <laughs> I'm kidding. So I will give you credit for that. But a little story coming out. I don't know if you saw this, Matt, but so the US sent scouts to, to England's hotel to spy on England while they were at practice. But they weren't watching them practice. They were just going to their hotel and like rummaging around. Like I don't know what they're expecting to find there, but this is kind of just weird to me. Like, I don't know, what were you doing there? Um, uh, what, they were in the, uh, hotel? They're looking hey, for... what's the hotel? They're looking but for the, team the um, there. what do you call it? They're looking for, like, game strategy and plans and stuff like that. It's, not... it's just, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. You're not even paying attention no, to I'm trying right to fix the notes that you wrote. Maybe you should have just taken the hockey notes, taken the hockey notes, since you were gonna switch all my stuff anyway. Because no, you wrote the wrong notes. 
Well, how did I write the wrong note? You said that Varlamov is cheaper than Laner, and they're making the same amount of money. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I texted Man, you this. But I wrote the notes. Laner wasn't even signed yet. And I texted you this. I don't listen. To, you know what? This is ridiculous. We're moving on to hockey. You want to just run? The, you want to just run this segment? I won't even talk sure. if that's what you really. Yeah, want. I love that. Yeah, go for it. You don't know hockey because you're a fraud. Go for it. Go for it. So the Islanders re-signed their captain Anders Lee after striking out on Artemi Panarin in a really excruciating loss. The Islanders get Lee for seven years, seven million dollars. No, no, you can do this. I don't need to do this. It's your segment. I don't want to step on all over your toes. You already stepped on my toes. Good. It's fine. But you know, Anders Lee re-signs. Uh, seven years, like you said, seven mil a year. There are reports saying he was offered nine million dollars a year from other teams. So I think this was really good by the Islanders. I mean, it would have been real tough to lose a captain two years in a row. So I think this is great for the Islanders. Yeah, I agree. I think you look at it, and I think it's a lot of money and it's a lot of term, but that's what he's going to get. That's what older free agents get. And he's a guy again. You can't lose a guy like this. He's he loves the the island. He loves being an Islanders fan. Or he loves the he Barclays. Loves the Islanders. He loves the fans there. And I think that it's, and now, it's a sign you have wait, to make because you look at this team. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the, the Islanders play in the new Mecca now. Now that the Mecca is the Barkley yeah, Center. Really. You know, it's a shame that Panarin couldn't have made it a triple threat there, but I guess the Mecca still applies to the to the Garden for, for, the, for the Rangers and for hockey's sake when you have actual competency. Yeah, that's where James Dolan is competent, See, apparently. Like, that's the one thing that I hate, and we'll get back to the, to the Knicks and the Rangers and the Garden. The people that say Dolan should sell a team – how is any of this his fault? <laughs> Sell him. He's the Rangers are successful. So why aren't the Knicks? Is it Dolan's fault? Is he signing yeah. the contracts? Is he the GM? Dolan is like is he like the good puppet cop, master? Who is he? I don't know. Who is he then? Tell he's me. What is he doing differently? I'm sure he'd like to know too. He's too busy playing in Europe, paying people to let his band play in their concert venues. Come on! <laughs> Sticking with the Islanders. Uh, they also added, added goaltender Semyon. Is that what we're yep. going with? Varlamov. Four years, $5 million per. And then, as you said, they let Robin Leonard. Is it? I say Leonard. Leonard, Leonard, I don't care. Leonard goes one year, five mil. Chicago. And the interesting so, story, which I don't know if I sent you this, was that Laner was given a final deal, an ultimatum, if you will, from the Islanders a couple days ago, saying, we'll give you two two years, $5 million AAV. You know, we want you back, whatever. He, being him, he wanted a couple days to think about it. You know, it's a big life choice kind of thing. He's been through some stuff. You know, he deserves free agent period to think about it. He comes back earlier today, goes, all right, I'll take the deal. Let's get it done. Let's win a cup here on Long Island. And they go, oh, no, we've already moved on. And that, to me, is so dumb and looks really bad on Lou Lamarillo's part because you struck out on Panarin, right, which is fine. You know, I'm not going to live against him. That's just what happened. You almost missed out on Lee. If you don't sign Lee and you lose Laner too, this is a, this, a tragic offseason because you're losing five or six guys. Yeah, I think Leonard really wanted to be there, which I think is going to be – it's weird. I mean, he had a great year. Exactly. That's what I don't understand. And Varlamov now is going to take over the starting goaltending role for the Islanders. I think it'll and... be a 50-50 split. Sorry to bump into you. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. You're paying him the same money as Laner. It doesn't make sense to me. That's why I'm kidding. Yeah. Laner's a better goaltender. He loves to be here. The team loves him. The fans love him. You know, 
I think there were Islanders fans crying that they didn't sign him. There really are. I don't get it if they signed for the same amount. I get it if the Islanders were saying $5 million is too pricey, but if you're going to throw it at a free agent that is definitely not as good as Leonard was last year. I mean, if we talk about as a whole, they might be a little bit more comparable just because Leonard had so many t- – a uh, couple of tough years mixed in there. But basing it off last year, I mean, you got to trust Leonard, I think, going forward. So we'll see. I mean, maybe he'll collapse once again in terms of on, on the ice, obviously. I'm not saying any, any ill will towards him, but – uh, I don't know. To Chicago, that's kind of a weird. That's kind of a weird destination it's weird, too. They have Crawford too. Like they have another. Yeah, no. I was like, like Crawford, seven or eight million dollars. Like what makes sense. Yeah, we'll see what goes on there. So interesting free agency for the Islanders. But going across town to the Rangers. So this morning the Rangers traded Jimmy VC to Buffalo. Shout out, we got the Sabers on the show. And then, as you said, they signed Panarin to a seven-year deal, making about eleven point six million dollars average annual value. Probably the biggest free agency out there, yeah. or free agent out there, definitely offensively. And he goes to the Rangers, a team that said they were going to rebuild at the end of last year, and now they go out and sign the biggest fish in the in the pond, and they get Panarin, which is obviously a good move in terms of Panarin's a great player, but I just think there's so many question marks still out there for them. Like you said, Matt, earlier, they're not great defensively. They're still very young. What are you going to do about Lundqvist? I just think with all the question marks – it might be more towards the tail end of the deal before the, the Rangers really compete. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think I look at this team, and looking at their, their depth chart right now, you're starting six defense. Brady, Shea, and Jacob Truba. That's really a, that's a second pair. Those guys both combined aren't top two guys in, in on a team, on a playoff team. Mark Stahl and Kevin Shattenkirk, they're older, they're injury prone, they're not great. And then you look at their bottom pair, you know, you want Brendan Smith. You want Adam Fox. You know, you never really know with a guy like Adam Fox coming from college. He could be the next Jimmy VC, but defensively. There's a lot of pieces here that really don't make much sense for Panarin to sign with. He loves the Garden, obviously. He wants he wanted to be a Ranger. I think it's been known that he wants to be a Ranger for the last year or so now. So people were surprised, but I didn't really – I kind of expected it in a sense. And the fact that he took less money to play there than with the Islanders, it hurt. But I think the same thing is he wanted to play with the Rangers. He didn't want to play with the Islanders. He wanted the Rangers. And one one little nugget that was uh, expressed, I believe, by Bob McKenzie or one of those guys up in up at TSN is they were saying that his wife had a big decision in doing this because she wanted to live in Manhattan, which is so dumb because the Islanders players could live in Manhattan if they really wanted to. Right. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But to me, also – Pairing on with this is we talk about how insufferable Knicks fans are. Rangers fans, oh, they're the worst. Right Man, I feel bad a lot of my right friends are Rangers there. fans, and they're all awful. They're so insufferable. Yeah. People like, yeah. like one guy. I think I said it last week was saying, um, like I hope Capo Caco is still there at two. Like Jack Hughes is the better player. In ten years, he's gonna be the better player. Next year is probably yeah, Capo Caco, but Jack Hughes is the better player. And then you look yeah, at this. Like, yes, you got Panarin, brutal. but you could have. You can have whoever you want. You can have Wayne Gretzky coming out of retirement, and your team's going to give like seven goals a game. Defensively, they're exactly. awful. And I love what they're doing. They are making some really good moves. But every single Rangers fan is overhyping this guy to make it seem like he can play defense too. Yeah, people are acting like this was a, like a Stanley Cup move this year, and I was just yeah. very there confused There are also fans who are even worse <laughs> that are real clueless, and they were saying, oh, uh, you know, Artemi Panarin has less goals in the last three years than Anders Lee, and he's making $4 million more. Uh, no, you're, you're a moron if you think that. 
you are an absolute moron hockey. if you think that Artemi Panarin is not worth the money he made. Hockey Twitter is very toxic. I learned that during oh, the playoffs. Awful. Like people I are. I love it though. It's bad. Crazy. But this one kid is yeah, like, oh, you get... know, like Panarin's not a goal scorer as much as he is a playmaker. He can drive on. <laughs> you could have me as his center, and he'd still get thirty goals. Come yeah. on. It's a good signing. It's a great signing. But it's not. It's gonna... a good deal. It's but a... there's yeah. there's certain things to everything. When your second line center is Ryan Strom, you're not a playoff team. Ask the Islanders. He was there for years. Yeah, a little bit ridiculous. Uh, moving on to talking tennis. A little tennis shout-out. 15-year-old Corey Goff upsets childhood icon Venus Williams in straight sets in the first round of Wimbledon. 15 years old. I don't know what I'm doing in my life. She does not look 15 years old, by the way. Like, she is jacked. Like, she would definitely kick my butt. But awesome. I mean, are you, are you kidding me? She's That's 15. Cool. Freshman in high school? Cool like, come on. Just won a game at, uh, or a match at Wimbledon against Venus Williams, someone she said she grew up loving and adoring. And she's like, you know, I try not to freak out. This is the biggest stage I've played in. Like, I would be peeing myself. Yeah, she called, she called Venus and Serena her idols. So just think yeah, about that. That's just awesome. Like, there's no comparison to that. It's really crazy. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's a, that's ridiculous. That's like me, like, pitching against, like, hmm, Dark Jeter. I don't know. Yeah, Derek Jeter. Because I was going to say, like, childhood icon. No one really plays A-Rod. anymore. But A-Rod, yeah. A-Rod. That's just, I mean, it's all, definitely an awesome See, story. See, I think the issue would be if you were pitching to A-Rod, he would just get walked because you can't reach the plate. Okay, that's, first of all, most, probably the most fraud <laughs> statement I've ever heard. I could easily reach the plate, but okay. I used to throw, man. I used to pitch. Moving on to this story that I hate so much. So I hate the story more than life itself. So, Jimmy Butler, obviously, the sign and trade to the Heat. We didn't really talk about that because, I mean, it's just so irrelevant because now they trade us on Whiteside. It's like Dragic and Jimmy Butler. I don't know. It's just awful. But so now everyone keeps pulling up this tweet or this this yearbook he had in, in uh, high school. High school. And they said, the one thing I would never wear. This oh, wait. Is Jimmy Butler. Wait, no. Yeah, he was 23. Never mind. It's not in high school. He was 23. Oh. I thought it was high school. So okay. it's in a magazine. So, and basically, Jimmy yeah. Butler says, the one thing I'd never wear is a Miami Heat jersey. And you don't like this? It's, it's hilarious. I, it's just, I've seen it so many it's times. So I don't care. I don't care. Let's get their takes out. No one cares. It's hilarious. No one cares really at all. I've seen it. Like, everyone's sending it to me. Like, oh, old takes exposed. Jimmy I mean, Butler said he never old takes exposed, but I think it's a funny, nuanced little bit. He probably said this like when LeBron and, and everyone was when there, was and everyone. I can was... tell you when he said it. Yeah. Jimmy. He's twenty three years old. Uh, well, how old or not how old he was, but how old he is in the NL? Right now, so it was six years ago. Okay, so like two thousand thirteen, yeah, which is when the Heat assembled. So yeah, that's why everyone hated the Heat. This is dumb. This is so right, dumb. Moving on. Those are different. Move on. Okay, moving on. Uh, I don't even want to, I don't actually, I'm going to no, skip I wanna that listen. story. I want to take the go, story. No, I'm going to skip the LeBron story. Oh, okay. I'll go to the Warriors. So it comes out today, the Warriors will retire Kevin Durant's number after two rings, two finals MVPs in three years. I think this is, yeah, good for you, best Warriors. Best player in I Warriors this, history. You're going to tell me that you're not retiring absolutely. the best player in your team's history's number? Come on now. Come on. So, no, I'm kidding. I guess it's so ridiculous. what the actual... It's so dumb 
that you retire, guys. I think the the saying was that no one's gonna wear it again as long as I'm chair. Yeah, that was not retire it. That's what I was gonna say before you interrupted me. Sorry. This is laughable. So ridiculous. Though. I hate. You know what? People retire numbers for dumb reasons. I mean, the Thunder retired Nick Collison's number. The Grizzlies retired Zach Randolph's number while he was still playing. Oh, like, <laughs> the whole retirement number thing in the NBA is like it's it's kind of a joke. All it right, kind well, of you're is. A Yankees fan. They they're about to run out of numbers. Okay, so watch your mouth. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Some of those guys maybe don't deserve it, but they deserve it more than Kevin Durant. Yeah, I'll say that for a yeah. And on top of that, Kevin Durant will play for the Thunder and the Nets more than he played for the Warriors. So the Warriors are going to be the shortest tenured team, most likely, until he signs like a one-year deal at the end of his career. And they're retiring his number. And he didn't even give them everything he could have because he could have came back for a Supermax contract and he they left. Won a and he retired one year. Number. So should the Thunder also retire his number? Like I don't, I don't, he's, I don't he's get hated it. Because in OKC. Well, do you think the Golden State's gonna be? Like, yeah, no, I understand. they understand. Like, they got some championships out of it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess we're both on the same page there. Moving on, I just want to touch on this quick. So Brendan McKay, you definitely don't know who he is. Oh, he's the American Shohei Otani. Uh, he made his pitching debut Saturday. Took a perfect game into the sixth inning. Finished with six shot innings. Tonight, he's batting eighth for the Rays against the Orioles. I think can this is awesome. Hit? I mean, dude's... Yeah, so he can hit. He hitting, uh, can he, do you need a DH? No, he actually could hit and pitch at the same time. But, you know, the manager probably wants to keep his mind focused on pitching. Just fine. But he's been a highly touted prospect for a while. So this is pretty cool. Uh, you know, Matt, we couldn't make it a full show without talking about the Mets. We really tried. But then they did something that... Oh, great. Just, oh, it's awesome. Mets going to so, during a tribute to the 1969 World Series winning team earlier this week, they had uh, they listed all the players from the team that were deceased. And two names that came up there were Jim Gosker and Jesse Hudson, who were very much alive. And the Mets issued an apology on the scoreboard, basically saying, yeah, we're sorry, guys. Uh, we didn't know we were still alive. It was so great. In that apology, they spelled Jesse wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, one, as you said, the, or you, you wrote down, these two guys haven't played more than, like, three games with the team. So, like, yeah. that, you know, like, they're not that important. But, like, you shouldn't say that they're dead. But also, yeah, like, I think one of them, I think it was Jim Gosger was on uh, Facebook and saw, saw, uh, saw that it was in a in memoriam. And he, someone goes, oh, you weren't invited to the, uh, to the reunion. And he goes, I wouldn't even pick up the phone if they called me. And then he, he comments an hour later, oh, no worries, guys. They just called and said they were sorry. It's all good. So you did answer the phone, you liar. <laughs> a He's fraud. a fraud and a liar. Uh, and you know what else is ridiculous? I think one of them was upset they didn't get a ring. Yeah, it was Gosker. You're, you're an idiot. Jim Gosker? He, so probably a nice guy. Gosker had but you want a ring for 16 plate appearances in the regular season? Yeah, and now I think it's basically a rule. So if you play on a team, they can give you a World Series ring. No matter how much or how little you play with the team, you get a ring if you play for them. So you're going to tell me Mike Talkman's going to Even if you get traded. Mike yeah, Talkman's so say not that, getting a ring. Come on. Mike Talkman will get a World it. Series ring. And if the Yankees trade Clint Frazier, he would get a World Series ring also. See, I don't think he would accept it. I, think I don't know if he would. would. go full-on like, heel turn on this team. I mean, I would. I would say screw that. But, yeah, Mike Talkman is getting a ring. I mean, early in the year, they did, like, a, a ceremony for Luke Voigt. He got, like, a triple-A championship ring from, like, two years ago with the Springfield Cardinals or Why something. And, and, like, they it? did it. I don't know. It, it's so weird. Stadium, as you said. 
Yeah, and they're like, congratulations, Luke Voigt, for winning the AAA championship with the Cardinals. God, the Millennials like, love their trophies, don't they? Yeah, everyone gets a ring. Everyone gets a ring. Ridiculous. But yeah, the Mets, the Mets are going to met. Um, and I think that's about all we yeah, have. that'll man. do it for episode VI of the Weekend Recap Summer Series. Catch us here, same time, same place, next week, exclusively on Facebook Live. And my parting words to you guys will be, Let's go England tomorrow. That's awful. Go U.S.